0: Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes, describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. And our leader for tonight is Lonnie. Okay, first let me begin with saying I am not a hundred pound loser, okay? Just get that straight because uh, when I was asked to speak, I said, isn't this the century meeting? You know, and I don't qualify. And uh, the person said, "Well, we're having trouble getting uh, speakers, so I'm the perfect speaker for this. Then, <laughs> the perfect. Okay. So, what it was like, and what what's the rest? What it's like, what happened, and what it's like now. Okay. So, I've been a uh, I've been in Overeaters Anonymous for 40 years. 40." and I have never left, okay? So if there are any newcomers, I don't think there are any newcomers here, but um, if there were, I would tell them that, that's 40 years, that's 40 years of ups and downs, in and outs of experiencing this program. So uh, this is just my story. If anybody finds anything that's useful, great. If you don't, great, you know. But uh, one of the things that I've learned to, it's very hard for me to stay on my own side of the street and say, this is my program, this is my life, this is what happened. Okay, so um, my eating was such that I am and continue to be a, a volume eater. And I remember there was someone in program who said, to me very early on, she said, I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm just eating heads of lettuce. I'm eating heads of lettuce. It's compulsive. And <coughs> I agreed with her. But you know what? I eat heads of lettuce. That's it. You know? And um I'm uh, there isn't enough. I'm not enough. And that's the story of my life. So those are the those And there isn't enough in life. So those are the kinds of bottom lines that I have to work with, right? That I've always had to work with and that I'm not enough. So food felt, you know, got right in there. So um, very early on, I remember being in fifth and sixth grade where my pleated skirt started to open. The pleats just started to open. But so what? You know, my pleats were opening. I knew it wasn't good. And there was a little problem in my household. My mother was, uh, um, she was morbidly obese, and she was agoraphobic. So when it came to buying clothes, I had to buy them that day, everything that day. And I still have that problem. Like when I, when I'm shopping and buying clothing, I have to buy it because it might not be there tomorrow. So that's uh, one of the things that I've carried over from my childhood. And uh, my mother would hide her food, and I would find it, and then she'd be embarrassed. She'd know it was found, but I think she was embarrassed to say, like, who found my food, you know? Who found my sweets? It was sweets at the time. And... um, one of, my, uh, one of my very telling stories, uh, you could cover your ears while I tell this story. When I was a beginning kindergarten teacher in San Francisco, I was teaching in a, a very poor area, and there was like a coat rack that was over to the side where children would put their coats and their lunches. And while their heads were down, because, put your heads down now, you have to take a rest. Put your heads down. I would go and rummage through their lunches and I would eat what I wanted. Sandwich here, some cookies here. That's not the bad part. The bad part is that I would have class meetings afterwards and someone would say, someone's been through my lunch. My my cookies are gone, my sandwich is gone. Who is the thief here? We have to discuss that. How does it feel when something is taken and you don't know? Please, let's just keep it down, okay? I don't know where those kids are. I can't make an apology to them. I don't even know what they would look like today. But I just want to give you the degree to where I, what I can do in my eating. And I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you that that's... And I'll tell you a story later today after 40 years about strawberries. Okay? Should I fast forward to that? Okay. Yeah. Fast. will fast forward to the strawberry story. So I give myself four... I've decided I can get four strawberries at night. It's just... I used to always have a fruit, but I can't keep my weight at within certain... I can't keep my weight anyway. So... Anyway, um I decided I can have four strawberries. Well, Safeway had strawberries on sale, two for two fifty uh, a pint or something. I really was excited about it. I bought my pint, my two pints, and then I decided, well, it's Tuesday, and this sale is going to go off. So I went to a Safeway that I don't normally go to, and I said. I got two pints, right, for the Tuesday. I put them in my thing, and then I pushed that card over here, and I walked up to the lady at the uh, customer service, and I said, "Um, I would like like a, a rain check. She said, aren't there strawberries out there? I said, no, I don't like the way they look. She said, now she really scared me because she said, I'll go check in the back to see if there are more. All right, she goes and she checks in the back, and the universe was with me, and she comes back, there are none. I said, oh, how many do you want? I said, four. Can I buy them at different times? No, you have to buy them all at the same time. I said, okay. So she writes me the four strawberries. I get on, you know, I do my shopping, I get online. Mind you, I have two strawberries, right? two of those pints that I've already picked out. Who do you think was right next helping to beg? Was that lady? No. And I was terrified that she was gonna look over and see in my cart those strawberries. I'm a, I'm a small time thief, you know? I mean, I'm not proud of this. I can afford to buy those strawberries. It's a deep-seated, there's not enough, I'm not enough, how can I get enough, aren't I smart? And it caused me so much anxiety. I can't tell you. So that's the kind of stuff I'm learning in program. Because I discussed it with someone, and I said, I should throw it out, huh, that rain check. She said, it's not a bad idea. And I threw it out. That's it, you know, like, that to me is like, God came down and talked to Lonnie, <laughs> Because I would have kept that ring check. That's who I am. I have that part of me. Okay, so uh, I told you about the stealing of the food. I loved holidays, I could bring in food, all the, you know, I could bring in candy to the kids. And by the way, Candy is part of my love, but it's food. You know, I want everything. So anyway, um, I would pass out the candy, and I would always save a lot, and then somebody would be finished and say, Mrs. Lieben, can I have another? And I'd say, I'm sorry, sweetheart. You know, it's not good for you. (laughs) Then there were... (laughs) Then there were the donuts that principals like to bring in on Friday for the teachers. I was a kindergarten teacher, as I've said. So they'd bring in two dozen donuts, put it down. I did not care who saw me eating the donuts. You know, someone would like take it apart, have some with their coffee in the morning. I would have like two or three and I didn't care who was watching. Then I would go back into my classroom and after I saw Mrs. Lieben, Mrs. Lieben, Mrs. Lieben, and you know it would like overwhelm me what the kids wanted, what could I give them, what did they want, that I would say to the next door neighbor, can you watch the kids have to go to the bathroom? And then I would take like three donuts and just shove them down my throat in the bathroom and then I'd go back. So... I needed, I needed that. I don't know why I needed that. I I just needed it. So um, here's what happened. So I saw, so you can, I had a pretty sketchy, you know, I was pretty sketchy with food. By the way, my mother, being morbidly obese, would often say to me, please don't do what I've done. Please, please don't do what I've done to myself. And I would think to myself, yeah, I don't want to do what you've done to yourself. And then there was something, I think, psychologically, like I had to be like her if we were to be connected. You know, like I don't think it would have worked if I would have been thin and she, and here she is morbidly obese. I, I wanted my mother, you know, and if this was a condition of it, I don't know. You know, I'm a compulsive overeater anyway. So I read this article in Dear Abby. I've never heard of Overeaters Anonymous. I have a gambler in my family. The gambler never went to a gambler's anonymous meeting. I have a brother who is an addict. He never went to an, a, you know, a, a, a narcotics meeting. So I really knew nothing about the 10 steps, uh, the 12 steps, but I... Um, it's because I'm doing a 10th step uh, every night. So I um, I brought a friend because she needed it, and I didn't. Yeah, I really did. I brought this friend. And it was at a big, it was on Van Ness Avenue. There was a lot of people there. It was a big meeting. And um, the woman who led it, like, was really petite and very pretty, and I wondered, why isn't she out looking for guys? You know, what's she doing here? Because those days where you met men was in, in bars. They, you know, we didn't have, like, uh, this is how you meet a guy, you know, all, these thing, all the apps that are out there. Just didn't have it. So um, anyway, uh, someone walked up to me at that meeting and said, uh, do you need a sponsor? I'll be your sponsor. Yeah. All right. Sure. I mean, I've been on every diet, that's for sure. And they all work when they work, and then they stop working. Um, And she said, just don't tell me, call me tomorrow with what you're going to eat, and just don't eat any sugar or refined carbohydrates. Uh -uh. Of course, easy. It wasn't so easy. I mean, after a couple of days, like, I didn't know what I would, you know, like, how much cottage cheese can a person eat? And she wanted me to measure it. Oh my God. Well, anyway, she was wonderful. She stayed on top of me. And then after two years, I was 125. After uh, I started at 165. And after a year and a half, I was 125, buying a lot of clothes. Man, I was really enjoying that and i was a star i was an oa star how did you do it what do you do meanwhile i'm taking hikes i'm out there hiking with my husband and i'm looking at is it 12 o'clock is it time to eat yet is it 12 o'clock is it time to eat yet and it's only 10 and i just started singing Oh, by the way, I had not been discovered yet. I was not discovered by Levi Strauss walking along on the street. Would you like to um, be our manager of Levi Strauss? I was a kindergarten teacher, but they, I was going to be found. I was going to be discovered. And I was very disappointed that I wasn't discovered into one of these high management positions. Very disappointed. I certainly looked the part. I had lovely clothing. And I wore Levi's. What's the problem? So um, anyway, I started singing, Is That All There Is? I don't know how many of you know the song. It's a truly depressing song. (laughs) Truly depressing. The woman is like spinning around. Is that all there is? Let's just keep on dancing. And I just said, bleep. (laughs) This is too hard. I can't keep it up. It's just too hard. And I started to eat again. And I put weight on. So I was at 125. Now I went up over the years, over the years, to 175 and 185. Now I got saved because I got saved by the relapsers meeting. I got saved because it felt safe. I got saved because I had a voice in it, and I could even help, like say, why don't we do this, or how about this, how of this? And I was like, I was okay. I was okay at 175 pounds. I basically stayed at 175, I had 185, but you know, I basically stayed at 175. And uh, it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. I totally believe in what the relapsers have to say. I totally believe in um, the philosophy there. And a few of the people said to me, why don't you just not eat sugar and refined carbohydrates? I said, don't you understand? I'm eating enormous amounts and I'm even binging. And they said, look, why don't you just get a bottom line that you can handle? And That wasn't even so easy to handle, but it sure was easier than weighing and measuring and deciding, you know. I mean, I could have a chicken. I could have a chicken. I was happy. A chicken and all the vegetables I wanted, you know. So it took me a long time. I put up a big fight about that because I want you to know I still binge, but I do not binge on sugars and refined carbohydrates, and it has been my saving grace. In the program, in terms of weight, is it my serving? Is it, it you know? Has it served me? Um, has it served me in other ways? You know, it has because I am the type of person that I eventually get to what bothered me. I, I continue to go to therapy. I've been in therapy for—is that it? I've been in therapy for years and years and years. People are astounded. Really. You're still in therapy? (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like to look at myself. I like to reflect. I like to come back and see if I can maybe change something with a little help from my friends. And uh, that's, so that is my bottom line. I do not eat sugar and refined carbohydrates. Can I have a, do I go to uh, have the biggest steak I can find? You bet. Do I feel guilty about eating cows? Yes. You know, maybe someday I'll be, I'll get into vegetarianism. Not today. So um, I bless that meeting for teaching me that a bottom line, no matter how small it is, is the way to begin. It's the way to begin. And it's and it's up to each person to decide what they can and cannot do and decide a little bit at a For me, this is true for me, a little bit at a time, I got into what's true for me, what works for me, what I can live with in my skin. Um, let's see. Uh, God. Let's talk about God, that higher power thing. Boy. Being a Jew was not easy to come into this program, and I'm not even a religious one. I don't even know when it's Hanukkah, okay? But I know I'm Jewish, and they're coming after me. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I know, I know. I was taught it, and, and when I read in the paper, it certainly sounds like Uh-oh. it may happen. So um, I really put up a big fight about that higher power thing, really a big, big fight. So I wish I could have found the story. I think it's in an old brown book where someone talks about she never got a higher power in this program, never. Yet she managed to take off her weight, keep it off. She made the fellowship her higher power, and it worked for her it really worked for her she kept on trying to stuff it down her throat you know, God, 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 God God, and it didn't work so here's what happened to me 25 years into the program with no higher power I started to write and this voice answered me back and said, my dearest child I said, oh my God, it's a priest I could tell (laughs) and uh, it was so nice it was really nice me and that voice is always nice to me when I when I seek it out. Um, I had I do ceramics now, and one of my pieces was broken by one of the people by accident, and I was a three-year-old picking that piece up. I was waiting for this piece. You know, it's like the last piece in a series, and I'm going to paint it and put it up on my garage, and. Um, I just, I was devastated, and I, I want to tell you that I was devastated for the entire day as a child, really, like a three-year-old child, and I made myself right that night, and this higher power just said, it's okay, sweetheart, I know how disappointed you are. It's okay. You know, maybe you'll decide to do another one, maybe you won't. Whatever, it's okay, but I understand how disappointed you are. Whoever spoke to me that way? Certainly not my parents, or I had a higher power that said, just don't eat, stop it, you little pig. Stop it now. What's the matter with you? you, Why are you hurting yourself? Stop it. Stop it right now. That's the kind of higher power I had. So this was worth the price of admission for me into OA. Okay? It was worth the price of admission. So um, I also want to tell you that at one time I was, uh, many times I've been a speaker getter, and this was early in the program, and I turned to someone and I said, she was very thin, and I said, would you like to lead a meeting? And she said, she looked at me and she said, if one more person asks me to lead a meeting, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to hit him because I'm an anorexic. Get it? I'm an anorexic. And that's my problem. So those were the beginning years of Overeaters Anonymous before we became more inclusive. I remember what a hard time I had with people who weren't compulsive overeaters. What? You're anorexic? I wish I had that problem. What? You're a binge vomiter? You know, wish I had that problem. Man, has my head been turned around to understand how... It's a real suffering disorder, you know, no matter which end you're on. And I've even seen, by the way, two people in my time die of the anorexia within program, within program. So um, what is it like now? I told you every now and then I binge. I feel bad about it. I look at it. I try and figure it out. I don't use sugars and refined carbohydrates to the best of my ability. If I, uh, you know, I've had soups and I've eaten out and I've had squash soup and I've gone, man, this is delicious. (laughs) And I haven't sent it back. So there you go. You know, I haven't sent it back. But I don't eat things that look like candy, donuts, cake, cookies, you know, that kind of thing. So, um... It has helped me, but keeping to that uh that abstinence for me has helped me to get back on the horse, loving m- myself, discovering my higher power has all been worth it oh uh, working on my glaring character defects, you know sometimes I think like that fourth step is just a killer. I really think it can be a killer I've taken some people's fourth steps you know and and I'm selfish and i'm and i'm self centered and i'm you know, and I'm bitter, and I'm resentful. It's like, welcome to the human race. So what? You know, it's like, yeah, I yell at my husband. You know, I used to joke and say that's why I got married, so I had someone to blame. But the truth is, you know, (laughs) I feel pretty bad about it, and I do my best not to. And I apologize. And I have a friend that says, you're apologizing. I don't want to hear your apologies. You're apologizing for like the 20th time for doing the same thing. So what? It's like the best I can do. She's lucky I recognize that an apology is due. Really. This friend, by the way, never apologizes (laughs) for anything. So um, that's it. I'm a person in progress. I wish I had figured this all out at, you know, I came into program at about 35. I really wish that I had figured it out. By the way, my husband married me fat. Yeah, married me fat. So I have a brother who said to me, what are you going to be? you going to the beach so you have to meet somebody skinny? You know, it's like, he's right. I'm over that, you know. I'm over that, but I still like buying clothing. I still like being... I'm 140 today. I'm not 125. I don't ever want to go there again. It was too hard. I can maintain 140, 145 if I'm not binging. That's it, you know. This is where I'm put, and it's very fine with me, and I have, you know, I have all that other emotional crap that I have to work on, so thank you for letting me share.